Blog Talk Radio. Well, good evening. Well, good morning. Well, good morning. It's another day to experience the Word of God when we study the Word of God systematically and we worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. I am excited and ecstatic to be with you today. And we do have a lot to cover, so let's pray and and get into the lessons. I'm going to go through as much as I can, and where we cannot finish, we'll pick it up next week. Truly, there is a word from the Lord. All right, let's pray. Father, we praise you and thank you for this day. Knowing that this is the day that you have made me rejoice and are glad. We thank you for another opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. It is the authority of your word that gives me confidence to make boldly known the mysteries of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I do mainly depend on the Holy Spirit as educator and guide to give me clear articulation of speech and deliberation of thought to make manifold known the wisdom of God. Holy Spirit, I say, have your way. Do it only you can do. Anoint the people's ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. And, Father, and everything that shall be accomplished and it shall be revealed, you be glorified. For you alone get all praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Now, before I introduce the subject, I'm going to encourage you to get a notebook uh, from this point on because there's a lot of new information that the Lord is highlighting and giving me a very concise and systematic way to to go through such te- such teaching. So um, um, I really would like for you to get your own notebook and and um, participate uh, with us in the study of the Word of God. Some of us are taking a Bible reading challenge too. Do that. Uh, read the Bible through in 90 days. I mean, it helps you just know that you can read a large volume of information if you give concentration to it. But in, in addition to that, also get into a systematic Bible study, which we have here, and I think it's going to be a a, a very blessing to you. Amen. Now, um, this is going to launch us into uh, almost a semester of teaching specifically on a subject in various areas, but it's going to come from a perspective of, of, of teaching or a spectrum of teachings that come in light of this perspective. And so um, I think um, I think it's uh, to your advantage to participate and to get as much involved as you possibly can. Amen. Glory to God. All right. All right, let's go. 
We're going to begin a set-up series entitled Overcomers Theology. Overcomers Theology. I was prompted by the Holy Spirit to affirm our pursuit in knowing God more intimately so we can serve him more faithfully. And in indulging into subjects like the nature of God and the, 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 the new creation reality, I learned that we have to have a confidence. The scripture lets us know to cast not away our confidence for any life great recompense of reward. So my goal is to awaken core values that establishes our convictions of the advantages that we have as a result of establishing God's word as final authority, having confidence that we might enter into the boldness uh, into the heavenly and enter into the boldness and find come to the throne of grace boldly and find grace and help in the time of need. And in this time, we need to know that we have overcome or we shall overcome. And unfortunately, I, I remember the song uh, when we would study African-American studies, we shall overcome, we shall overcome someday. Deep in my heart, I can believe we shall overcome someday. And I always used to say, well, haven't we overcome? But the reality of the matter is that for some of us, even in Christ, we have not overcome. And and that is a prophetic uh, song that may ring in your heart as we go through this teaching. And we're going to cover certain topics that I believe is going to help us uh, sense the reality of overcoming. But it must begin with the theology that we believe. And so if, in order to do that, I want to answer as my objective, the core of answer systematically the value of having theology when you need to overcome in areas um, that are advancing in life. Because life requires us to overcome obstacles all the time. But if we don't have confidence that, the, that our connecting to God and our searching and our quest for the things of God are in sync with that pathway, we're going we're gonna to miss out on Overcoming, and then that song will ever be a song ringing in our souls, waiting to be fulfilled. So, in context, uh, I did an in-depth study on the word "overcome," "overcame," "overcoming" in the Scripture. I found that "overcome" is used thirty times in the Bible, eight in the Old Testament, twenty-two in the New, and is used most in Revelation eleven times, and then the second. Highest is five times in First John. So we will, um, throughout the teaching, highlight all of the scriptures that are, are affirmed in, in the overcomers theology. But I want to make certain that we give a healthy background on the terminology because we can be saying the same thing but have different vantage points and never meet each other in, in some form of resolve. Things occur when we activate a theological process in life. And and that's what I want to define because you will hear the word theology and there is two there's two schools of thought. One that you just really don't know what it means. But very few people been to and they need to find out because it's important. It's one of the words that we all as Christians should know. But second, there is a group that that disowns the 
the educating uh, the educating of one's uh, spiritual development, and that the process of spirituality is merely sensual, as far as emotional, as far as charismatic. Um, that they don't need to uh, look in a book and get information. But that's not how we are to govern ourselves as Christians. We are to study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed but one that rightly divides the word of truth, and if the word can be rightly divided, it insinuates that it also can be wrongly divided. So here we need to come up with terminologies that helps us establish this theology or overcomers theology, because ultimately there's a message in there to us that if we learn this, we'll appreciate God and affirm our pursuit of knowing God more intimately so that we can serve him more faithfully. Overcoming the, theology is a discipline of involving a reflection on faith and belief in light of the Christian advantage and its importance on establishing our convictions, commitment, and character around these discovered reflections. And so what we do is we observe the things of God. We observe how God operates, who God is, why he operates, what makes him move, what makes him happy, what makes him sad. And we, we develop a whole library around these concepts, and we govern ourselves first to please God. Anyone that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he's the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And this is done by faith, because faith is the subject of things hoped for and the evidence of things by faith. And we know that without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we, we seek to please God by existing in faith, and, and we learn how this, how this really works, and that is our theology. So five things that occur when the theological process takes place. Number one, your theology answers and seeks meanings about God and how he affects our life. I just want to emphasize that so we can spell this out uh, very clearly. Number one, you find out you, it answers and seeks for meaning. When someone tells you they have theology, they're studying theology, they are answering questions like, who am I, why am I here, how do I connect to God? What, are, what is my purpose? How do I reflect my purpose? How do I engage in my purpose? You know, and, and these are things that we are, we are doing in theology. When we talk about theology, and then we're going to talk about overcoming in a second. Theology, number two, alters and reforms the state of our spiritual development through searching the meaning of, uh, of consider deep uh, considerations um, meaningful consider, other considerations that are wider and deeper in the ranges of God. So what happens is what it does is not only answers uh, and seeks for meaning, but it alters and reforms the state of our spiritual development. And it searches for things that are deeper, um, right, because it obviously the natural man cannot obtain the things of God because their spirit is deserved. Deep calleth unto thee. And there are things that are not easily grasped with the senses that we learn about God. And as we pursue it, one of the things that theology does when it's when it at work is it enhances, it alters, and reforms our state of our spiritual development. Thirdly, theology awakens prophetic awareness, articulating experiences, experiences and encounters with God's power, God's presence, and God's perspective in, in this time and context. What do I mean by that? 
when we begin to engage in defining out who God is, why he exists, who we are as a result of us connecting with God, and how his impressions affect us, we will, we will answer and seek him deeply. We will alter and reform our spiritual state, but we will awaken to how he involves himself in our time. And that's what the prophetic is all about, God's engagement in time, because God is not confined to time. He has a time around him. He has God time. That means it's, it's, it's infinite. It's without end. It's without beginning. He exists. In all things, in all, all things consist, glory to God, in him. So um, we, we are answering things. We are altering things. We are awakening to the prophetic path. And then fourthly, we add knowledge to the practice of faith by giving attention to how we display what we believe and how others react to what we believe. Because a lot of times we, we act like our theology doesn't affect how people involve themselves to us. And a lot of us don't even profess what we really believe. We don't even have confidence to, to confess what we believe because we're not certain of what we believe. And so what it does is it adds. It adds knowledge to the practice. So part of, of, of theology is due diligence to your study. And if your, if your mind cannot grow and if you cannot develop and you cannot expand what you know and what you think you know, about God, something is wrong. You're not adding. The scripture lets us know that we must add to our faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance. You know, those those scriptures add to your faith because he understands that faith in itself is incomplete without these additions. I call them the seven habits of highly effective believers, and, and you've heard me teach on that a number of times. And um, if not, you need to get the series and it's on our broadcast. Amen. But not only does it answers, alters, awakens, and adds, it advances the believer through his perpetual pursuit to know God more. So as you pursue, God assists in that pursuit, and he provides to help you know even more than what you know about God. So it's ongoing. It never stops. It never ends. And everyone, whether they develop it or not, have theology. Now, three myths about theology is, number one, that theology is attending Bible school or going to seminary. And that's just simply not the case. Uh, also, uh, theology is a self-pursuit that is understanding um, um, and identifying first how to develop the knowledge and the nature of God and define its discipline to the practice of faith. So it is not going to school because that just because you go to school don't mean that you are actually um, developing your theology. Number two, theologies are theoretical. Theology, and that, that's untrue. Theologies are not only explored ideas about God, but it also defines how we best adapt what we've discovered in him practically. So theology says, I'm not just going to keep this as an idea. I'm going to embody what I believe. I'm going to embody what I believe. Amen. And then thirdly, theology is not necessary to be a Christian. These are the myths. It is impossible to be a person of faith and not have a plan or a purpose as to why you choose to believe it. So everyone 
has a theology. Everyone has that. Whether and, and the, the question re, remains and becomes whether or not you are really taking advantage of this process because God says those who seek me, they find me. Those who knock and ask, it will be given to them. So God wants us to engage in the process of theology. So I'm not coming up with this term, overcomers theology, just to just to be coming up with a term, but I'm coming to revisit the concept behind theology and incorporate it with an overcomer's mentality. And that's where we, we emphasize, we bring emphasis on things that overcomers theology emphasizes over the general concepts of theology. So why do I say overcomers theology? Number one is because theology starts with a premise that we have, an, a, um, and, and, and this is what overcomers theology, that we, we have overcome. Now, I'm going to give you the scriptures. Of course, you know you can know Romans 3, 4, 1 John 5, 4, 1 John 5, 5, 2 Peter chapter 2. Um, and we're, we're going to be exploring that. We're going to go through one part today, and then we're going to carry it on in the future weeks. But theology starts with this premise, um, overcoming theology starts with that we have an above and beyond advantage because we are, uh, our initial standing with God and beliefs seek to advance from the initial awareness. So what, what, what I'm saying is we have a revelation of our redemption. We have an advantage because we have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that means we understand that. Not only do we understand it, but we have a revelation of it. We have a revelation. A revelation can, can, is divine comprehension that we can access at will because of our fellowship with God. All right? So we have, number one, a revelation of our redemption. Number two, theology stresses, this theology stresses that Christ, the, the Christ factor, as the central and vital means of having confidence in our outlook to overcome by the pursuits of life that come with the awareness of who we are in him. So we have a revelation of our righteousness, a revelation of our righteousness. Thirdly, theology sees challenges as opportunities for God to reveal Himself in our context and our in our context and His willingness to work with us to achieve overcoming status, which means we have a revelation of reconciliation. Now, let's break this down for reality. God reveals Himself in His work that He gave through Christ, which is the redemption. And in that work with Christ, he brings us into right standing so that we can understand his plan and his provisions and his promises. That's the revelation of our righteousness. And in that righteousness, he not only gives us that understanding, but he allows us to be partakers of that divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through us. Why? Because we have the righteousness of God in Christ. And then we have fellowship with God through Christ. We can do all things through Christ that strengthens us, which makes us overcome, because greater is he that's within us than he that's within the world. We are, we are overcomers by nature because we have reconciliation with God. So the thing that overcomers theology uh, uh, emphasizes is our redemption, our righteousness, and our reconciliation. And that's what we're going to look at in light of the, thing, the challenges of life that face us from day the day, the day. You know, I, I like the scripture says, the blood of Jesus said on Calvary to him, 
that Jesus said on Calvary, um, gives us strength from day to day. It will never lose its power. But if we don't understand its power, we will we will miss out on the benefits of of overcoming in this life. So overcoming is a spiritual conquest to recover and reform all the original nature and intent of God's plan. Overcoming was embodied in Christ, which also translates our spiritual state to life in Christ. That overcoming must be a preconceived revelation birthed out of uh, our right um, standing and timing with God. So there are vital areas in which God empowers us to overcome spiritually, and that's what we want to discover. And the first one is overcoming sin, overcoming sin. Um, let's go to Second Peter, and I'll read some verses to you, chapter 2, we'll begin at verse 9. And then we'll qualify this. We'll do as much as we can. Now, it says, The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of, the, out of temptation and reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished, but chiefly them that walk after the flesh and the, in the lust of uncleanliness and despise government presumptuous are they self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil. Of dignitaries, whereas angels which are greater in power and might bring not really accusations against them before the Lord. But these, as natural brute beasts, made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of, of the things that are um, they understand not, and shall be utterly perished in their own corruption, and shall receive the reward of the unrighteousness as they that counted pleasure to riot in the day, in the day of the time. Man, it speaks a lot to what's going on today. They are um, spots, they are, they are, and blemishes sporting themselves with their own deceiving while they speak with you, having eyes full of adultery, and they cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls, and a heart they have exercised with covetousness practices, cursed children, which have forsaken the right way and gone and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Basar, who loved the wages of unrighteousness, but was rebuked for his iniquity. The, the dumbass speaking with the man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water, clouds that are carried of the tempest to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. For they speak great swelling words of vanity that allure, that allure through the lust of the flesh. See, um, through much warningness, those that were clean escapes from those, them who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are servants of corruption, for of whom a man is overcome of the same is brought in bondage. For after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they again are entangled therein and overcomes the latter end and is worse with them that than the beginning. For if 
have been better that they have not known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it's happened unto them, according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again. So here we see sin, uh, a very strong uh, statement about the nature of sin and about uh, people's unwillingness to comply to the to the nature of God. So, by definition, let's talk about what sin is. Sin, by definition, is found in First John five seventeen. All unrighteousness is sin. Sin separates us from the presence, the power, the plan, the provision, and the promises of God. Let me say that again. Sin separates us from the present, the power, the plan, the provision, and the promises of God. It also is a work of the devil. Now let's go to First John chapter three, verse eight, or six to ten, rather. First John chapter three. Now I know this is kind of, you know, we talk about overcoming. If we're going to overcome, we're going to overcome sin. We're going to overcome the world, and we're going to overcome my faith. But we've got to overcome sin. And sin has to be canceled and eradicated so that when we can serve God clearly. And that's what the Lord wants us to do. See, one of the things that the salvation brings is freedom. Salvation means to be saved or rescued. Rescued from what? Sin. Rescued from this predicament. Speaking with great swelling words, vanity. They are lured through the lust of the flesh, through many wantonness. Those who were cleansed were escaped. They choose to live in water. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are servants of corruption for whom the man is overcome of the same God in bondage. For if after they had escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome the latter end is worse than them in the beginning. Why? Because it would have been better for them to not know the way of righteousness than after have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. You see what I'm saying? What the enemy loves to do is to get believers to become hypocrites. Not to... To, go to Galatians chapter three. Let's go to Galatians chapter three. We're gonna work. We might as well work it like we like we like we say. Glory to God. Actually, let's let's back up to Are we in the right chapter? Uh, hallelujah. Amen. So I just, I'm I'm paraphrasing from my. Notes, and y'all know I don't do that often, but praise the Lord, we're going to get this. We're going somewhere in this. Amen. Thank God for modern technology. I already know where I want to go. Galatians 5 1. says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherein Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. 
Behold, I say unto you that if he be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. Right? But it says, look, for we through the Spirit, verse 5, wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. Now, we got faith. For in Jesus there is not a circumcision available of anything, but faith which works by love. Now, it, it goes on to say, verse 16, or verse 13, for brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only not use your liberty as an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, that thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Right? That says, then verse 16, skip down. Walk in the spirit that ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the lust, for the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit is against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another, so that ye shall not do the things that ye would. But if ye are led by the Spirit, ye are not under the law. And so it brings us to the law. Of course, the law is not sin, but it reminds us of what sin is. And as a result, people gravitate to the law, and they become condemned to the law because law cannot be fulfilled in the flesh. It was never intended to be fulfilled in the flesh. But, but sin separates us from God by reminding us that we are unrighteous because all unrighteousness is sin. Sin separates us from the presence, power, plans, and vision, and promises of God. Sin is a work of the devil, and it can be overcome. Now, let's go down to First John. All right. I want to show that. Glory to God. First John, chapter 3. And let's look at 6 to 10. It says, listen, these things I have written unto you, well, listen to this. Let's go back to this. This is what, let let that, of course, um, as a result of the Holy Spirit, let me say this in commentary, as a result of the Holy Spirit, we have complete access to the provisions and the nature of God to exist and live in the quality of life that he has ordained for our life. But if we don't, if we don't take time to investigate what that quality of life is, we will resort to our natural nature, which is a hostile against the spirit-led life. And as a result, we will miss out on the quality of life that God has provided. And what happens often is because we don't see examples successfully conquering over this nature and this aspect of life, we, we discredit the work of God as if it's impossible to achieve God's quality of life. And this is distorting the Christian experience because they don't, they don't really have confidence in God uh, enabling them to overcome. And it's a sad state because God has so much better for us. Amen? Now, I'm going to take us through a whole lot of stuff, but I wanted to show us this. Let that that therefore abide in you, which is the, 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 the Spirit of God, says, or the, but verse 20 says, you have an unction from the Holy One and know all things. I have written unto you because you know um, because you know not the truth, but because, not because you know not the truth, but because you know it, and that you know, and, and that no lie is of the truth. 
who is a lion? But he that denies Jesus is the Christ. He is an antichrist and denies the Father and the Son. Whosoever denies the Son and the same have not the Father. But he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. Let that, let that therefore abide in you, which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall come in the Son and, the, and in the Father. And this is the promise that he hath promised us even eternal life. These things I have written unto you. Now, I don't, I don't want too far down. No, no, no. So that's in chapter 2. Now let's go to chapter 3. Glory to God. And look at verse 6. Who saw it was up? Let's start at verse 5. All right. Well, let's start at verse 1. Glory to God. So much. So, well, anyway, it was in chapter 2. Well, in chapter 3, it says, Behold, what manner of love hath the Father bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knows him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it does not appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Every man that hath his hope purify himself even as he is pure. Whosoever commits transgressions, uh, sin, whosoever commits sin transgresses also the law. For sin is a transgression of the law. And ye know that he was manifested, he was manifested to take away our sin. And in him is no sin. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth have not seen him, neither know him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous. Even he, even as he is righteous, he that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. For the pur- for this purpose is the Son of God manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God does not commit a sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot he cannot sin because he is born of God. And this is this is this is where I wanted us to to focus in on tonight's lesson or to this morning's lesson. How do we have confidence in this this ability to overcome this sin nature? I got to close. I got five minutes, so. I want to I want to I want to present Second Peter. We see that people had a knowledge of sin. Uh, a knowledge, the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ shows us the way, the the way and the means by which He has redeemed us from sin. Um. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Oh Lord, I want to get into so much stuff, but I got four minutes. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give you some information. I want you to write down Romans four eight, Romans five ten through twenty, Romans six eleven through twenty three, Galatians one 
3 through 5, Ephesians 2, 1 through 7. I'm going to say it one more time. Romans 4, 8. Romans 5, 10 through 20. Romans 6, 11 through 23. Galatians 1, 3 through 5. Ephesians 2, 1 through 7. Um, for our three points, Ephesians 1, 1 through 10. Hebrews 10, 2, 7 through 19. And then... First Corinthians chapter 15, 51 through 57. All right? Now, ooh, this is so much in here. Sin, by definition, is found in 1 John 5, 17. All unrighteousness is sin. Sin separates us from the presence, power, plan, provision, and promises of God. Sin is a work of the devil. We just read that. But whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither knows him. Now, we all claim to be Christians, and we know that if we say we, we, we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So how do we as believers that abide in him, if he abide in me and my word abides in me, you can ask whatever you will and it will be given to you. How do we access as children of God, manifest children of God, how do we access this state of being sinless? That's what I want to talk about. And I'm going, I believe that we have some answers in the word of God. Um, and, and, it, and, it, and it starts with theology. Because you, the natural man cannot obtain the things of God, neither does he know them because they're spiritually designed. You're going to have to go deep in your spirit and, you know, and find out from the Holy Spirit what exactly enables you to overcome sin. And I gave you the scriptures, and even if you read the scriptures, don't mean you got the answer. All right? I wish I had more time to really deal with what I want to deal with. Now, I want to give you that, that overcoming is a spiritual conquest to recover and to reform all the, the, uh, all to the original nature of God's plan and intent of God's plan, and is embedded in Christ, which also translates our spiritual state to life in Christ. So if that's why the Bible says the living is Christ and the dying is And overcoming must be a preconceived revelation behind, at, behind or birth out of the access to have more with God. As we have more with God, we'll have access into God's best. And if that's not belief, then you really won't believe that you can overcome sin in your life. Hallelujah. We're told, though, that we can't overcome sin, we can overcome the world, and we can overcome by faith. Amen? Let's pray. We'll finish up another time. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this word. We believe that your word is continually pertinent and uh, and potent of of truth and and wisdom and insights on how to be better in you because of you, Father. And we praise you 
Lord, because we're just scratching the surface of things that truly will enlighten us to a better quality of life. Father, I pray that as we continue this study, we will excel in advance in what you have already allotted through your word. We praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I just began this teaching. We have a whole lot more to discuss. Give you a number of scriptures just to really meditate on. I trust that whatever you set your hands to be, you will do because they will see that you can read and you that you can do it. Be empowered to overcome today and trust God to navigate you into an overcoming and excelling quality of life. God bless you. Have a wonderful Lord's Day. Continue to worship God today. Attend the Bible-believing teaching church and glorify and uplift the name of Jesus. Don't forsake yourself with the assembly as the manner of some but gather with the faith of God and worship God in the beauty of holiness. Be blessed today. Be empowered to prosper and be go in grace in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.